You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Celtic Stuff Live. The only toll-free call-in webcast produced specifically for Celtics fans. Celtic Stuff Live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage for the Boston Sports and I'm here with John Duke. It's Saturday morning, coming up on 9 a.m., and we plan on having this broadcast, this podcast out by 11. But you know what, John? I'm sitting here this morning, I'm waking up, and I'm thinking Twitter's broke because I keep refreshing, and there's maybe one or two updates from all the people that I follow. I said, Something's not right here. This isn't how I left it when I went to bed last night. And the truth is, while we record this, there could be updates coming out Left and right, we have no idea. What we do know is Al Horford met with the Celtics last night. Adam Himmelsbach of the Boston Globe says that the meeting went very well. Celtics made a strong presentation, but we just don't know. And then they're on deck to go see Kevin Durant today following the Spurs. you got to think it's another evening meeting. And I think the fantasy for us all was get that ink dry on a Horford-Max deal and bring him to the meeting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. That's it, right? That's that's the deal. That's where we're at. It's it's Horford. It's dude. You come with us. We pair you up. Literally, you come with. We're going down. We're gonna get KD, and then we're gonna just, you know, we're gonna start start the duck boats for next June. You know, that's the deal. And right now, we are. This is. <sighs> it's Saturday morning. We're sitting here wondering what's going to happen. Where is he going to go? There was, I think, a lot of great deal of optimism on Twitter last night for a great period of time. You and I were part of that. A lot of good stuff. Um, looking very positive. Things I've heard that were looking good. Media reports that I heard things were looking good. And then our knees got taken out about 11 o'clock. And Woj says, well, you know, Horford met with a couple teams, Houston, mentioning Houston and Washington, and that he's going to decide over the weekend. I mean, I, I don't know about you. I mean, we were at a point there where there well, was... Well, we some, want fireworks, but we don't want to wait till Monday. We don't want to wait for those fireworks because we need the fireworks early. We need so to we light them have, up for Durant. Absolutely. Yeah, and and if if Horford wants to have the opportunity to play with Durant, 
And this is where the secret team, so-called, comes into it, which everyone thinks is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Then, if 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 we <laughs> if we want to have a chance against them, in my belief, you need you need Al Horford in the mix. And, and oh yeah, you definitely do. But you know what? Let's also temper this just a little bit, mm-hmm. and just say that. And I'm glad it's going. Like we've seen some signings of players that we thought would be good Plan B. I I don't I don't want a plan B. I think you're all in on at least Horford and and then trying to get Durant, but if you don't win on those two, I say we roll with the roster as constituted and take this cap space in the next season, get the draft pick. Anybody else is marginal improvement and for what? Honestly, John, for what? I think at this point everybody hopefully won't have the same draft night reaction if it doesn't go our way you know, over the 4th of July holiday, and there was a really cool back and forth on Twitter about, you know, how about Wick getting to announce Horford and Durant on July 4th? You know, how about how about them fireworks? But that that would have been hilarious. Uh, obviously, there's no way that's going to happen. They, he can't have a uh, an announcement until, I think, July 9th when the moratorium is up, but that really would have been awesome. If there's no fireworks, I just want to caution everybody. This is a ton of fun, and I don't know about you, John, but I was the worst guest at my brother-in-law's party last night. The worst, because all I'm doing is looking at my phone. People are talking to me, and then I'm down on my phone like I'm a cliche, but I can't help it. And and you were probably the same way. We want this to happen. It really seems like it's like I, I think I tweeted this. It's like almost like a a romance romance novel for men. You know, if they if they were to grab Durant and I mean Horford and bring him to the meeting with Durant, it's just wild. The whole thing is wild. But it, yeah, no. Well, okay. It's, and new listeners don't know this, but my birthday is July first. So yesterday we had a little party, just like you know, going to a party, right? And you're right. I'm I'm sitting there. I I think I have I have tendonitis in my left thumb because I you know you pull down to refresh. You know, <laughs> and, absolutely. And I, I think it's I, like you know, Nintendo thumb back in the day. Yes, yes. Although I don't have the callus on the top, but yeah, it's like you know, I gotta, I'm gonna have to get that looked at. But look, it's all worth it because uh, let's let, going back to your earlier point, right? I agree. I mean, I think in part I agree. You and I were in a different place today than we would have been had we recorded yesterday, which we had talked about. Because I think we had some disagreement as to whether or not Dwight Howard was worthy of that or not. But that he's gone, although he helps us, I really think, in this next discussion uh, in terms of Al Horford. Because obviously him going to Atlanta really means, you know, what do you have there? Um, you've got well, we can Horford. offer the same thing as everybody else financially. Except for Atlanta. Except for Atlanta. And Atlanta right. just made moves that would make you think that they were boxing him out. Exactly. Basemore comes back, and then they signed Howard, and they signed him fast. It was the timing of it, like almost like if we don't sign Howard right now, we might lose out on him. And you know, they must have been feeling the pressure and getting a lot of underlying messages from Horford's camp that he was unlikely to come back. Well, I can't. I mean, do you think it was all about them not wanting to pay the max? Because in this case. With the salary cap going up and the age of Horford, you almost have to think that the fact that Atlanta can offer that fifth year 
is actually a problem for them. Because everybody else says, we'll give you everything we can. It's four years, it's $113 million, we're throwing it at you. And Horford says, yeah, but Atlanta, you can do better than that. And Atlanta's like maybe thinking, we don't want to do better than that. And so this might be like one of the first times that being able to offer a player something more was actually a deterrent to signing that player. You're right. That I have, that absolutely could be the case because, you know, he he knows what they're capable of. You know, we all know what what they're capable of, and the fact that they're unwilling to do so is is puzzling a bit. And you look at a lot of the other free agents that have come to the market. Many of them are staying home. There's very few that are leaving. You know, and that's and that's always been true. I mean, I think Greg Monroe was one of the only ones last year to leave. Um, certainly the only, you know, of that caliber to leave. And so for, you know, this case, it is, it is not the rule. It is definitely the exception. But at the same point, Horford knows, I mean, we wouldn't be in this position. This is the thing that going into Thursday night into Friday that I kept saying is that, you know, people are like, well, he's going to return and all this. Well, if he were going to return, <laughs> Why? Why would we? Why didn't he sign it like everybody else? Absolutely. Yeah, it's foolish. It would have been done. It's obvious that he is leaving. I was surprised how quickly these deals started coming out with what I would consider to be all the Plan B free agents. You know, I mean, Joe Johnson signing, sure. But Dudley and Turner and Deng and Green, usually we're waiting for the big domino to fall, and then those pieces get into place. This free agency was much more active right out of the gate for what you would call the the second-tier free agent, which I thought was really interesting. We, We have to break down the list of activity that's already happened. But first, I want everybody to make sure they're following us on Twitter because obviously, John, that's the best way to reach Celtic Stuff Live. Our show's general handle on Twitter is at CSL underscore Tweet Live. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. You can follow John at CSL underscore Duke. And of course, we're part of the entire CLNS Radio Network, which you can follow at CLNS Radio. Don't forget, we've got a Facebook page for all of that, facebook.com backslash CLNS fans. And Jared Weiss is absolutely killing it in the off season. He's writing articles for Celtics blog. He's got video content up on the CLNS Radio YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash CLNS Radio. And also, we've got an app for iOS and Android. So you simply go to your app marketplace and search CLNS Radio to find us. But we've got some questions. I think um, we'll go to our first question from Twitter, hashtag Celtics Chat. That's what we're going to use to take questions on Twitter for the show. This one from Michael. He says, all right, with Dang off the board this morning and him getting paid $18 million, who's on the Celtics radar besides the big two? I'll tell you, John, I don't think anybody else is on the radar. No, I think, I think you're that's right. It. Well, no, I, I don't – well, I, yes, of the major free agents, yes. I do think they're going to sign some players. They have to. I mean, they, they just – you have to You have to change your roster somewhat. You're going to lose Evan Turner, and your front court sucks. So you've got to add – Qualifying offers out to Zeller and Sully already. Okay. Amir and Jarebko have extended their deadlines to pick up the options to give the Celtics some time. 
Right. I think you're right, but what's left in the front court that's actually a substantial upgrade? Like, I'd rather just see Jarebko get his minutes. Look at how Evan Turner, you made a great point. We definitely need to talk about Turner going to the Trailblazers. But I'd just say this. Look at how he's exiting so positively and reflecting so positively on the Celtics as an organization, as a team. Brad Stevens, like, he is some of the best press since he signed a deal to leave Boston. And he's provided some excellent positive press that's getting around the league. No, Boston's not going to pay him that much money. Um, you know, what was he was at 17 and a half. It was a four-year, $70 million deal. Celtics weren't going to pay that. He doesn't provide enough on the roster. He's supposedly going to be in the starting lineup out in Portland and good on him, right? He was a he was great with the media. He was a fun guy, clearly a great locker room presence. He owes a lot to Brad Stevens for helping him resurrect a career that might have was thinking he was going to be out of the league, right? We didn't know if he was going to make it. And then he came to the Celtics for two seasons and now he's getting paid 70 million over 4 years in his prime to go play out west for a very similar sort of like Celtics West, right? Trailblazers, young, up and coming. Um Good for him. Good for him. But you got you got to think that that Turner scenario. Uh, I, I'd rather see Jarebko and Johnson and all those guys if they don't just bring keep the core, bring them back and develop this youth. Give the young guys some minutes. We used to talk about this with Doc Rivers all the time. Doc, why won't you play the young guys? I don't see the point in signing guys. As, you know, even I I know you and I don't want to see Sullinger back, but let's keep the group tight knit. Let's make sure that they continue to improve on that. Why why shake it up and tie up money for players that really aren't going to move the needle? Well, I, what are we I mean, I guess the question is as to what degree are we sign, you know, how much is the money? Is it a an Amir Johnson type deal? I, I mean, I think if you sign a guy like let's say let's say I, I think a good example of this is Chris Humphreys. Now Chris Humphreys he's a big he now constructs the floor because he's 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 brought himself out to three point range. Um, he's a hell of a rebounder. He's not a shot blocker. He's not a, a guy who's going to really, you know, protect the paint. But he knows he knows Brad Stevens' system. He works well here. He played well here uh, last year. I don't know what kind of money he's going to get, but if he got an Amir Johnson type deal where you spend some money for one year, but you're retaining that flexibility. And you're you're bolstering your front court to where you're going to get some some veterans who can actually play and 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 do something for you. I think that's good. Um, but you know you're right. There needs. To, I mean, I think that's that all comes around the same time when you're answering questions as to what's going to happen with Sullinger, what's going to happen with Tyler Zeller. Um, you know, I honestly don't want to see either one of those guys get paid. I mean, if if I have a choice of losing Jared Sullinger, I want to take that that chance. <laughs> But but replacing him with Chris Humphreys because you have to replace him with somebody is is a positive. And then the other thing is, I, right? I want to give Jordan minute, Mickey minutes. I do want to do that. But the front court isn't nearly as crowded as the back court. So you know they can add players to that front court, still keep moving forward, but but not be able to uh, you know hinder the growth of the rest of the roster. I'm just I'd like to, if you don't add those pieces, my belief, if you don't add those pieces this year and you stagnate, let's say we have another first round exit, does the shine come off the Celtics, you know, apple, you know, does it bloom off the rose or, 
any other cliches we can throw out. I mean, people start to look at the Celtics and say, well, they can't get it done in the big I don't think so. I don't think I that's think, true. Here's I why think we I don't have believe. to guard against it, though. Maybe, but again, I don't think it's going to move the needle that much. Chris Humphreys, I mean, nice addition. Would be good to have depth when you look at Amir Johnson and his health. I mean, he wound up being great for the playoffs, but that there was a two-month gap around the All-Star break where he was struggling, <laughs> right? Like he's on Monday Night Football getting an interview, like struggling. He was in trouble. Um, then he winds up, you know, he and I know the plantar fasciitis. So for depth purposes, I'm 100% with you. But remember at the beginning of last season it was, you know, David Lee, and we have all these players, and we don't know how they fit. And it took him two weeks to kind of figure that out. It wasn't until – they, Brad Stevens removed people from the rotation and kind of said, this is who we're rolling with, that the team came together. I almost don't want to give them too many middling options because he'll have to sort through that again. And I, I'm not sure that's the best thing for the team. You talk about another first-round exit. I don't think – I think that the, the standings will be more favorable to the Celtics, if not for the base reason that unless they face Cleveland or Toronto – in the first round, and that would be a whole other issue, right? Because they'd have to be mm-hmm. six, seven, or eight seed. And I still think they're a top four seed. I know New York, if they stay healthy, could definitely make a run. If healthy, you have to give that team a, a little bit of credit for the signings that, that you know and trades that they've pulled off, getting Noah in there. But health is a huge concern. I still think the Celtics are top four, top five. Uh, looks like Wade might leave, so Miami might fall. Like we have to wait and see how this all plays out. Whiteside's leaving. You know, Miami could make a could take a serious dip. But top four, top five, I think is safe, which means I think that the seedings will work out in their favor. And as it always does, and it did this year, they they got a bad matchup against the Hawks, and they had a ton of injuries that they were dealing with. When you look at Crowder, and you look at Olynyk, and you look at Bradley, I just don't think that. Two things happen next year. Either they get out of the first round and they move the needle, team as constituted, or the injuries are a concern again, and they're still the only team with this massive amount of cap space. So I think they're in a good position no matter what. I take my chances. I go 75-25. If they don't make a single move this offseason, they're a better team next year and do better in the playoffs. Well, you know, I, and, and I'm not saying I'm not for a bit of a step back, right? Because I, I, I really want to see Marcus Smart get more uh, of assuming. Let's assume that we that we strike out, okay? Let, let's we're going to strike out on on Horford, or or at least on Durant. I mean, I think even with Horford, this is true in that I would really like to see. Um, I'd like to see you know more of Marcus Smart handling the ball. I'd like to see more of uh, you know more put on you know some of these younger players. I think Jalen Brown is going to play. I think we're gonna, you know I think there's I think there still will be roster consolidation even without you know a huge move you know a sign of Durant or something like that. I think there still is going to be some moves to to move um, you know players on the roster around. But I think what what I'd love to see is you know, you give those guys the opportunities and let them fail. And I'm okay personally. I'm okay with with a bit of a step back if, in the overall development, those guys are able to take a step forward. You know, I think that's the thing. And of course, that's a huge gamble. That may be a gamble worth taking. And that, that, that's kind of, I think, what you're saying too is that you know, that, why not? 
you know, let's let's see what happens. Um, the only thing that you know I, I add add to that is that I think the front court is such a loser for the Celtics team right now that it really benefits them to be able to add. You know, sometimes adding talent makes other talent better, even though you're maybe not like a Larry Bird who, you know, makes players around him better and so forth. Um, You can, by being able, we saw this with Al Jefferson, right? I remember you and I talking about this 10 years ago, you know, talking about how you put the right guy next to Al Jefferson. That makes him better. It makes him a better defender. You know, we were talking about in, in reference to Theo Ratliff, you know, and so if you get somebody who knows what they're doing, that helps you do the job that you're supposed to do better. And so that's why I look at some of those guys, maybe a more solid uh, player, uh, kind of what I thought David Lee could be. I was just going to say, wasn't that's, that David Lee's role? And it yeah, almost but, runs yeah, counter he, to your point. I'm not saying it won't happen again three months, this year. The problem with it, David Lee is he spent three months partying and then showed up you know, off a three-month bender to training camp without having worked out at all. <laughs> you know, yeah. that didn't help. But once he got in shape, he kind of lit it up, although the team was terrible in, in, uh, in Dallas. So that's, that's, that's you know. I don't I, think he took the Celtics scenario seriously because of what had just happened. I think that was the biggest issue. And then they kind of slapped him around, and he got in shape because, well, he wasn't doing anything else and knew that he kind of needed to pull it together. And that's part of the reason I know that Dallas was bad, but he did play better in general just because he'd been conditioning and getting ready. But he'd already, he'd already lost his opportunity in Boston at that point. They handled that well. That could have gotten out of control. Imagine if that happened in Sacramento, right? It would have gotten completely out of control. But in Boston, I think they did a nice job of protecting that. And that's where they do a really – the organization, that's where you see how strong they are and how sound they are. They do a good job of mitigating some of that controversy. Let's, let's quick hit our sponsor and announce – our Fan Essentials winner this week that's going to get a free month of Celtics gear. But Fan Essentials, how would you like to get all of your favorite NBA teams merchandise delivered straight to your doorstep? All you got to do is check out fanessentials.net. You pick out your favorite sports team, and every month you get team gear shipped right to your door. They find the sports gear for you so you don't have to. And each one of these fan boxes comes fully packed with amazing gear. It's a great gift idea for any sports fan. It's a great gift to our loyal listeners, which we will announce here in just a minute. But prices start at $34.99, and you can support Celtic Stuff Live and save 30% on your first month if you're not a winner this week on your subscription by using the promo code CSL2016 at checkout. You just go to fanessentials.net to get all the essentials you need. And as I mentioned, we are giving away one free month each week So all you've got to do to enter each week is retweet our show announcement with hashtag FanEssentials. It's also important that you're following at CSL underscore Justin, at CSL underscore Duke, or at CSL underscore TweetLive so we can send you a direct message to let you know that you've won and get your information so we can send you out your first free month. So make sure you're following us, and we'll announce the winner on each week's show. But this week's winner... Loyal listener to show, RJ Hunter, fan 28. I think I've got that right. I don't have Twitter open in front of me. But, Michael, you know who you are, dude. We will give you – I know you're following us. We'll get you that direct message. We're going to get your information. You're going to get a free month 
of Celtics gear from Fan Essentials. So big winner, winner, chicken dinner there. If everybody can just remember, retweet our show and follow us on Twitter so that we can get you a free month's worth of Celtics gear as well. John, let's run down the the state of moves and then we can kind of close out the show. Maybe maybe Al Horford will will read will read your tweet and we'll have to pause and bring him on so that he can announce his Boston Celtics signing right here on Celtics Stuff Live, which would be obviously you want to talk about a dream scenario. That that would obviously be a dream for the show. I want to start right at the top. Obviously we have to talk about Joe Johnson, Dudley, we have to talk about the Lakers moves. Jeff Green going to Orlando, Rondo being cited in Chicago, and he did indeed have a meeting, and also Philadelphia bringing on old friend Jim O'Brien and some of the moves that they've been making. But let's start with Joe Johnson to Utah, because you know that I've been hoping for uh, you know, my man, my man to come, maybe get a trade, bring him on over. But with the Joe Johnson signing, very, very, very unlikely. I think at this point that Utah makes any moves. Hayward stays in Utah. That that signing was a big message that they intend to try to compete next year. Yes, yeah, but I, you know, I think we knew that they were going to try to compete. I think what we didn't know, to me, I thought that they were going to compete next year. The one thing that kind of surprised me is that he wasn't the only. You know, kind of wing player, they, they were targeting Luol Deng, who just signed for huge, huge money in uh, L.A. I think that that signing, though, that says to me is that they're trying to get a contingency plan should Hayward leave. It says to me that they're trying to prepare for the, the era after, you know, after his, his departure. I think that's what that that's what that signing says to me is that, you know, they're trying to prepare for the next the next chapter. I don't know. If, I don't think they're going to trade him away, but I think that they are preparing themselves for that, and that's fine. That's you know that's good. Um, I thought that that you know to have guys like that, it you know on the rosters, we're becoming more and more wing centric. You know, uh, being able to switch and, and all that. Um, you know, in defense. I think that that's that's hugely important. Um, the, you know, the thing, the thing that kind of stood out to me is there was a lot of deals where a lot of money was thrown around, particularly in New York and L.A., that, to me, does not – talk about not moving the needle. Um, obviously, the Derrick Rose deal changes the character of, of what's going on with the Knicks, but you're going to throw $72 million over four years at Joachim Noah? I mean, maybe in three years we'll look back because the cap goes so high and you know that just seems like pennies, but that seems like a lot of money for a guy that – Yes, he was two years ago. He was an MVP candidate, but this year, he's you know, or this past year, not great, not great shakes. You know, injuries and this and that. There's a sense that that perhaps his best days are are, are behind him. Certainly, uh, I have the Knicks just got to be Knicks. You know, that's just what they do. Uh, and L.A. big money to Dang, big money to Mozgov. Um, you know. I just I'm I'm speechless almost at what those teams are doing. Uh, you know, as long people keep talking about, well, the Celtics can't be players in free agency. It's always about New York and L.A. Who the hell would want to sign with New York and L.A. unless you're going to get overpaid to be an over the hill player? It's 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 silly. It's silly season over in those two cities. I think there and are it's really teams. to your point hard to know whether the co- we understand the player yeah. and the money, 
but it's really hard to know where the ball. I mean, there are players that are signing for you know reasonable contracts, and then there's guys like Evan Turner who are getting paid seventy million. It's really all over the map. I mean, even look at Jeff Green signing in Orlando. It's really difficult to figure out who should get paid what. I understand even what you're saying about, hey, you know what? Guys are older. They're getting big money, et cetera, et cetera. But I think one of the things that we saw was everybody is looking at contracts now as a percentage related to cap, which is a nice way to have a conversation with somebody like maybe three guys on the Celtics roster who are drastically underpaid comparatively. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Evan Turner right. is making almost as much money as Crowder, Bradley, and um, and Thomas, uh, Isaiah, Isaiah and Thomas combined. Uh, combined, which is right. like ludicrous. But if you look at their percent against the cap, when they, what the cap was when they signed, that will help put things. They're still bargains, but it will help put that into better perspective. And they're all going to be due for extensions. That's that's the other reason I don't want to overcommit all of the cap space to players that aren't necessarily going to move the needle because these guys are going to need contract boosts. We need to have some money left in the tank. No matter how much the cap continues to go up, we're going to want to resign some of these players. I know some will get traded most likely. I know that Danny will, the roster will shuffle, but we're going to need to keep some money in the tank. And you talk about, you know, let's talk about Dudley a little bit. He had a nice interview with Larry H. Russell on Celtics Beat here on the CLNS radio network. Uh, and it sounded like he was very interested. He signed very quick. You said earlier you wanted to see a player that would come in, maybe provide some veteran leadership, you know, a second-tier player, somebody who can stretch. Uh, you mentioned uh, Chris Humphreys. Dudley seems like he would have been a really good fit. Do you think Dudley signing in Phoenix is a sign that the Celtics do sort of intend not to not to mess around with that cap space that they really will only spend it where somebody is you know a Horford a Durant they I think they only want to be big winners and they'll round out the roster maybe with like a Humphreys but you know Dudley Dudley can D he can shoot the three he's willing to come off the bench his contract in Phoenix wasn't outrageous was it no I think it was ten million. You know, and Toledovich was a guy who was who was a ten million three years for thirty million. I mean, there were a few of those deals that came out yesterday that I was like, hmm, that's that's not a deal I I wouldn't mind doing. The problem is, is you can't when the Celtics are in the situation they're in, which is we got to find out whether or not we're going to be able to play in the in the Horford uh, Durant sandbox. You can't. You just can't. You can't even look at those deals. You can't even think about them because you've got to. You've got to be focused on the prize, like you said. No doubt, Al Horford and Kevin Durant are the focus, and they should be the focus. But they can't be. You know, the Celtics can't worry about the rest of the market if they want to have a chance to sign those those two uh, those two max deals. So. You know, I'd love to have, you know, I think you're right. Dudley would be fine here. I think Toledovich would have been a good fit. I think, you know, um, you know, there's a lot of guys and just, you know, two off the bat that kind of stood out to me. But you can't even think about it because if until Horford and, and Durant make a signing, you know, you just deal with it. And to your point earlier, it's not, it's not a, uh, I don't think it's a loser of a seat off season if they don't. I don't think it's like a win-lose. It's not like a, a binary choice. You know, I think 
They still have the assets. They still have, if they aren't able to come home with these guys, it's not like it's shut the doors, fired in. Well, Ainge, trades are still on that. the table. Absolutely. Right, trades are still on the table. So, so let's not, you know, we don't need to, to worry about all that too much. I think one like, step at a time. One step at a time. Preserve flexibility. Keep yourself in the conversation. And, you know, that was why I was saying about Dwight Howard. I thought that that helps keep, you know, keep you in the conversation, but moves you maybe a little bit up the list on a short term deal. Um, Atlanta broke the bank for him. So apparently that wasn't going to happen. But you, as long as you're still in the, the flexibility conversation, you have your assets, you have the cap space, nothing's really changed, which is frustrating, but maybe patience is the virtue you need at this time as opposed to taking the Lakers and uh, Nick's method, which is throw money at, at middling talent. Yeah, the, the disappointing offseason for free agency would be Horford signs elsewhere. We're really not in a position for Durant. The middle of the ground, hopeful scenario, you add Horford for next season, but Durant signs a one-on-one, and you hope that you make the leap this year that positions you to entice him to opt out next summer and come on over. And then the big win is obviously Horford Inks, while we broadcast, gets on a plane (laughs) <laughs> goes out to Long Island and and brings home Kevin Durant. Uh, but I think we're probably going to land in that middle ground. If mm-hmm. I was a betting, if I was a betting man, and sometimes I am, but mostly I'm not. <laughs> if I was a betting man, I would say Horford signs here. Durant goes one on one and one, and we get to talk about this all next season. Even though Durant has stated he doesn't want to go through it again, and there's the distraction and all of that. I think the numbers are more that if he waits one more year and then he goes, because we're going to bump up again, getting a max contract next summer with a team, not Oklahoma City, pays him much better than taking one this year. And that's, yep. I think at the end of the day, his financial advisors tell him to do that for financial reasons, even if he walks out of this meeting tonight convinced he wants to play for the Celtics. Could be a very difficult season for him next year with him and Westbrook both coming up. And I want to use that to transition to a question we got on Twitter from Han Danson, who says, who are the 2017 free agents everybody keeps mentioning want to falsely <laughs> falsely get my hopes up? Well, let's go all in on that one then. I'll tell you who's yeah. unrestricted. Steph Curry, what, Russell Westbrook, Blake Griffin has an early termination option. Okay, it's Chris Paul. Well. Early termination option. Right, and we're going to use that to launch right over to Jeff Green to Orlando and talk about Doc, because I think that's the natural place to go next. Gordon Hayward, who we've already talked about on the show, has a player option as well. Kyle Lowry has a player option. So those are some pretty hefty names. I could keep going. Paul Millsap, player option. And and the one thing about that is that you know those player options – you know, do you wait? Well, there's, they're not. There is not projected to be another cap, another bump in the cap after next year. In fact, there's a lot of fear that the cap will start to stagnate a bit because obviously there's this rapid growth in one period of time, and there's a sense that a lot of people that watch the league think that it will actually start to to either not only level out or possibly dip a bit. In, in years, maybe three and four years out from now. So 
there's a real big concern that you really do want to hit your free agency if th- if not this summer, but particularly next summer when the full impact of that new TV deal goes into effect. And then when you're doing that, then obviously you sign your deal. But for teams, they've got to be careful. So if you had a maybe it was the following season, the first year after the lock, you know whatever lockout or new CBA that's going to be signed, um, you you may put yourself in a position where you're not going to be able to take advantage of this wildly expanding cap. So I think that you know it's this is not a situation that's going to linger and linger and linger. You're going to have to go all in next season, and, and and players are going to be more likely than not to want to jump into that that mix next season after you know next off season, as opposed to you know waiting until the following year on those early termination options. So it's going to be wild and woolly next summer, and that flexibility we're talking about is really going to pay off if you know things don't work out this summer. If it does. You added two max free agents. There's no shame in that. But, you know, the odds of that, obviously, as we know, are quite small. Well, and Chris Broussard is reporting that Kevin Durant was, quote, blown away by the Clippers' presentation. So this is very interesting. Lawrence Frank, Doc Rivers, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan were all there in the meeting. Chris Paul wasn't able to make it. Uh, That's very interesting. And I, I think... Where I want to go with this is they're really, I think, in a do-or-die scenario because we just mentioned the two biggest players on the Clippers are you know, unrestricted next year. So there's a lot of roster. If it doesn't go well this year, let's say Durant does a one-on-one, one-and-one, whatever he's impressed by this year, it may be too much in flux next season. They really did have to get him to go this season to make that work. Now, if he's going to be blown away by a lot. And some of this is, you know, who's your source? Well, the source is probably Doc Rivers, you know. <laughs> Chris Broussard calls Doc exactly. Rivers. Doc Rivers, yes, KD was blown away, man. We killed it. We killed it. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. the way that all this is going to be reported. Durant's, in, Durant's also respectful, so he would say, positive things from every one of those meetings to keep the options open. You know, he reminds me of Tim Duncan, the way he approaches the game in a lot of ways. You know, he's a pro's pro. But at the same time, you know, I'm looking at I'm looking at the at the Clippers and I'm just thinking what the Celtics have to do in their presentation, and I would say nine times out of ten, and I'm in sales now, I would go against this. Usually when you talk negatively about other teams, it yeah. does not reflect positively on you. Exactly. What what Danny Ainge and I don't know if Zarin's going to go, but they need to bring their cap- capologist. You know, they need Zarin in this meeting, and he needs to show Durant how much less flexible the other teams are. Not in a negative light. It needs to be positive. It needs to sort of be, listen, as we have, if we were your agent, this is how we would evaluate all the teams based on cap space, based on assets, based on what they can offer. And here's why we think we're in the best position. They have to expose the limitations of all the other teams that are vying for his services. And ordinarily, I'd say you don't do that. They need to find a way to do it and do it without coming off like they're being negative or put a bad taste in Durant's mouth. Yeah, you know, you're right. I I think they – 
they cannot sit there and say, well, you know, Russell Westbrook's a real dink, so he's probably going to leave you, so you should come join us. That's, that, is, that would be the not <laughs> way to, that would be not the way to do it. Uh, the way to do it, you know, as you're right, is to, to say, look, you know, we have flexibility. You know, you speak up the, the own, uh, the, the, your own possibilities, and you say, look, other teams don't have that flexibility. Other teams are not going to be able to, to do those things. We're going to be able to, to move us into a way that um, not only does your signing and, and the sign of Al Horford make us championship contenders, but we've got, we then have the flexibility to do that and then some. You know, I mean, this is this is this is almost a better situation than that Cleveland walked into when they got the number one pick, Andrew Wiggins, and signed, uh, you know, LeBron James. I mean, this is this is almost a, a more uh, a more positive situation than that. So, um, I, you've got you've got the sales pitch right there. You've got the ability to kind of just walk right into it and and lay it on the table for everybody. But you've got to do it very the right way because I think Kevin's right, a loyal so look, guy, I, I and gotta, he's not going to take to to just you know you can't you can't you got to go after the situation, not after the players involved. Right. So Nick Howe, I, we're going to take this right to the next step and let you keep going. Nick Howe tweets in a question. He says, "Okay, Duke, you're Wick. You've got Kevin Durant in the room. What are you going to say to him?" So you've already said some of it, but yeah. complete that complete that thought, like. Give me your passionate pitch to Kevin Durant. Well, uh, okay. So, and at the same time, I'm I'm getting all these deals that for sneakers. KD just dropped a uh, the name of his latest sneaker, and the name of it is called Mike Drop. Dude, what does that say? Awesome. Drop what does the that mic. Say? He's dropping the mic. Does that mean he's I'm out? <laughs> Oklahoma City, I'm out. That's kind of interesting. I thought, I and mean, maybe that maybe really, I don't. Maybe I'm reading too much into that. Certain, but well, but, we're going to read too much into everything right yes, now. That's, that's kind of the doing. point. But I'll tell you what: if I'm if I'm Wick, or well, if I'm Wick, well, you be Danny. Tell, Remember, I, you're Danny. Fire, I'm Wick, right? I'm, oh, right, right. I'm Danny. You know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sell the organization. Period. I'm I'm gonna sell the yeah. fact that we've got our act together. We're stable. You said you want to end your career with the team that you signed your next deal with. Look how long we've been here. Look at what we've done. Did you see the roster that I inherited back at the beginning of 2000? I mean, sure, we made a nice run with Jimmy O'Brien in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Nets, but have you seen what I've done with this organization? Now, I just brought the best young coach in the league in Brad Stevens, and then that's what I'm going to do from there if I'm Danny. I'm going to pump up everybody else around me. Have you seen what happened to Jay Crowder since he came to Boston? Have you seen what we did for Evan Turner? Have you seen players who maybe were lesser known, not even you know recognized and regarded in the light that you're held in? We're going to extend your career. We're going to share the ball. We're going to do for you what Popovich and the Spurs have done for Duncan. We expect you to be playing in Boston until you're 42 years old. We're going to manage your minutes. We, you know, we need a go-to score, but that doesn't mean you've got to play 42 minutes a night. We're going to manage it. We're going to extend your career. We have the training staff to do it. We have the depth on the roster. We've got all of the assets. 
you know, it's only going to go up from here and you're not even 30. Why not be with an organization that knows how to win year after year? If it were not for injuries, we might, have be, we might be sitting here with three rings on our fingers and Kevin Garnett joining us. Yeah, that's right. You're wet. Right. What do you say? Well, <laughs> hopefully not a lot, <laughs> to be clear. <laughs> I, Great I think, answer. I think you got that, a cop-out easy one on well, that. Well, no, you know, it is easy. <laughs> i, I, I got to be honest. Thanks, Nick. Um <laughs> for giving me that. No, look, I, I think I think Brad Stevens has plays a big role in, in the conversation, honestly. I think that that is the one thing you can look at all of Kevin Durant's career. And and I think I think Billy Donovan has has done a, a fine job and will be a good coach. But he's not Brad Stevens. And I think that that, that is the piece that can separate, and I think it's the type of thing that Kevin has been looking for. Is he's been looking for a coach that's going to instill that type of team with his talents and make it easier for him to do what he does because he's not a selfish player. He wants to be the guy, but he's not a selfish player. And so I think that that's – I think Stevens plays a huge role, and I think his demeanor and KD's demeanor are very much in, in, in line, just as – Talking about how we're ta- how the Spurs model, I could see a pop, uh, you know, K- K- pop uh, Tim Duncan very much in the same way as I see Stevens and KD. I think those two guys they they have a, a, a mindset about things that's very similar, and I think that that's that's really going to be the difference. But if I'm Wick, okay, if I'm Wick, I'm I'm selling the fact that we bought this team 13 years ago. We were uh, a team that was a playoff team, but had very low ceiling. We had Paul Pierce and not a whole lot else. And we've turned that into a championship. We went from a situation where we were among the worst teams in the league with a whole bunch of assets to the best team in the league. We took, we took a team that had barely won 20 games one year. We accumulated assets. We made trades. We did what we needed to do to, to acquire stars and to acquire players around the star we had like a situation like even if Kevin Durant signs and we made that team into a world champion and really were it not for injury, we would have probably been able to repeat and who knows what happens in, in 2010. So we had a chance to go from that them from where we were to where we are now. And we're back in that situation where we can make a long run. Only in this case, we're not acquiring 30, 31, 32 year old players. We're looking at Kevin Durant is 27. We've got a core of, of young players who are young and ready to um, su- you know, support and, and make our stars look good and vice versa. And we have a, a fan base that is like no other. This is not a, you know, we're, we're new to the NBA game. This is a, a fan base that knows the NBA, loves the NBA, loves the Boston Celtics, goes to the games just as much now when, when the team has been eh as they were when the terrible when the team was terrible as much as when the team was great they support- yeah you they- you have to show a montage of the fan base i mean i don't want to over credit the fans cuz i understand it's also a business but even evan turner said it on his way out that you know this rejuvenated his passion for the game that's really really important i don't think that that can be understated the support from the fan base and i know 
not everybody in the fan base reacted very well on draft night, and I almost wondered if that would put us in a negative light with potential free agents, i.e. Horford and Durant. But they have to understand that the the positives come with the negatives, right? And it's, it yep. is a very passionate fan base. But when things are rolling, this is one of the best play, places to play in the NBA. The support during the regular season – during the doldrums of the regular season, this team, I mean, this fan base still gets up for games when really an NBA season that should only be 60 last 82, they still get up for the games when they're just waiting out the playoffs. We saw that during the Garnett era. They need to show video of, of yep. Garnett and Pierce looking the up return. at Geno time. The returns, and, even. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're not even playing. They're in a different team's roster. And the the love shown to those guys, right? I mean, show them the end of of Game Six, uh, 2011 against the Heat. Sell him on like they're, they're getting blown out. LeBron had gone off, and the Celtics fans are filling filling the TD Garden with "Let's go Celtics!" Right? We're getting our doors blown off. That's the type of fans that you're getting. You're not getting the fly-by-night fans that all want to wear the same color T-shirt and so that they know how to how to live. These these fans are they go back to Larry Bird, they go back to Bill Russell, they go back to John Havlicek. This is there's a history here that he's not going to find in Oklahoma City. He's not even going to find that Golden State. This is unlike any other, and and he's on the East Coast, so he's got an easier path to. To, to battle with LeBron, he's got a closer tie to home, but it's it's one of those things where you want to live you want to live somewhat near your home, but you don't want to sometimes work uh, to work near your home, but sometimes you don't want to work exactly where your town where your home is. And, and I know that in my career that's true. So sometimes it's good to be a little bit further away. So he's an easy flight back to D.C. All the people he loves and knows, but at the same point, he's not living in it. He's not giving away the tickets and all that. Um, I think that's huge. One thing I want well, to mention with everything that's being thrown at him, I'll just throw this out there. Yeah. You know, Kevin, if you if you come to Boston. And you need to make a couple of quick trips to D.C. I will drive up to Boston, and I will drive you down to D.C. <laughs> I know you got money for flights, but that's not the point. You need to be entertained. We'll record a few shows on the way. It'll be fun. I will, esc- I will be your personal escort. I know Legal Seafoods is all in, right? Yep. You know, here you go, yep. free seafood. But, but I'm just telling you, I- I'm talking about companionship. I'm talking about keeping you company and entertained. I... I will drive you. Yeah, we're not going that far. <laughs> hey, listen, we got to do one more shout-out, and we have to talk about Rondo to Chicago and Jim O'Brien in Philly. We have to get to those two things before we go. But another shout-out to a sponsor, Loot Crate, which is another monthly subscription box service. Only this one's for geeks, nerds, comic book lovers, and pop culture aficionados. And for less than $20 a month, Subscribers receive a mystery box containing at least $45 worth of collectibles, figurines, apparel, and memorabilia. So this month, July's crate is going futuristic, packed with some of pop culture's favorite prognostications of science and the future. And I I nailed prognostications now, two shows in a row. I'm just waiting to bubble on that. 
John, just telling you. But look towards tomorrow with items from Rick and Morty, Futurama, Star Trek, Mega Man, Valiant Comics, and Star Trek, including a model, a figure, and don't forget the monthly tee and pin. So just head over to LootCrate.com backslash CLNS and enter the promo code CLNS to save $3 on any new subscription. And, John, I think you wanted to add one more thing before we, before we talk Rondo and uh, old friends Rondo and Jim O'Brien. Well, I was one. I was just going to say, I think Marcus Banks would be sure to be in that on that prognostication. But um, <laughs> <laughs> and and we should say on the show, we said this on Twitter. But hey, this that's a that's a mistake that Danny Ainge made at the uh, introductory press conference for the uh, for the summer league. So um, and we should we probably should close on at least summer league. Um, well, you know, at the very gotcha. very end here. Gotcha, but, um, because James Young, right? I mean, that's James Young. That's James what we're all waiting Young. for. <laughs> you know what though? Um, the yeah. scary nightmare for me as a huge Jalen Brown fan yeah. is James Young all of a sudden makes his mark and outplays Jalen Brown. If that happens, guys like at Danger Cart, Ryan Bernadoni are gonna be coming flame ball in my ass. It's gonna get gross for me. So I don't think that's gonna happen, but I'm just I, saying yeah. if if that <laughs> It's very unlikely, but even John from Red's Army on Twitter yesterday, he said we're at that point where all of a sudden I'm actually talking myself into James Young becoming a productive player. He is still the third youngest team on the Summer League roster, though, and he's only 20. It's true. not out of the question. It's not out of the question. Oh, definitely not. No, I agree. I agree. Um, so table set, I, let's go to Rondo. Let's talk well, to before I wanted to go to something before that, though, just uh, just the last little pin on on Al Horford thing. Chris Vivlamore, who is the Atlanta Journal Constitution writer, yeah, from the Hawks, and he, he put it out this morning. Says Hawks made a very significant offer to Al Horford. Whether it stands because of their new cap situation unknown, it still stands because of the new cap situation unknown. He could still return. It seems to me that that's the type of tweet that one would send after receiving some information from a team that says, and tell me if you agree with this, um, we're really serious about Al Horford, but, um, um, you know, geez, uh, it's kind of up to him whether or not he really wants to be with us. And it's the type of thing that you say before a guy agrees to accept somewhere else. You know what I mean? It's the type oh, of... I totally... Oh, no, no, it's, it's a backhanded compliment type of situation. We, really we love you. We want you to stay. We really tried. Right. And when they say a strong offer, he didn't yeah. say max deal, which that means it's a loser. And that's my point about them being probably for the first time, you're in a bad position by being able to give more money in an added year. Because, listen, I'm fine. Four years, Al Horford at 34, no problem. No problem, especially since they're not banging down low. He'll just get better and better away from the basket. He's, I mean, remember, he was my binky in that 07 draft. That's, I was praying that he would fall because we knew Mike Conley was going to go four. I was just hoping that they would fall in love with Yee. Atlanta would take Yee, and then Horford would come, fall down. Obviously, that was a pipe dream. Maybe I, you know, maybe I had some, some magical brownies that morning. But the point <laughs> is... I love Al Horford, but he is he's intelligent. That he's an intelligent player. One of the things yeah. I loved about him 
Florida in college was just the way that that whole team played. And that's actually the scariest thing for me with Oklahoma City is that they have Brad Donovan, the coach of that team. That relationship could prove to be a little difficult. I'm not worried about Atlanta with Horford. I'm 100% worried that OKC somehow figures out a way to clear cap space to make room and get Horford to go there. That's really the only scary scenario for me. Yeah, I'm not even worried about Houston. It's it, because if that happens, there's no one in one for Kevin Durant. I bet if they get if they find a way to sneak uh, Horford into OKC. Then yeah. it's all done. This this is this dream is over. It's died, and now we're looking at some of those free agents. Like, and I think Blake Griffin would be a big target next year. Yeah, I, no, I think you're right. I think OKC is a, is a real danger. I think that Al Horford has a real love for Atlanta. I think he's you know made his bones there, and you know I think that that's. I think that's the part that's conflicting him. I think he is looking at the OKC thing. I think that is, but but I think that's a bit more of a pipe dream. I mean, why would someone take on Ennis Cantor at this point? You know, that that's really the type of salary they need to move to be able to get enough Time's space. Time is not their friend. Time it's, it's is not, not their friend. It, and, and why would Horford want to wait? You know, if if that goes on, you know, that really is the worst case scenario. A quick a quick no is the second best answer to yes. And, you know, if, if they're going to get strung out, then the Celtics will just, you know, the, the thing is, is because there's no other where they are, the Celtics can wait. There is no other than, than our own heart uh, conditions. Uh, there's no other issue that prevents them from waiting this out. But certainly the Celtics would like to get a quick answer so that they could go into the Durant meeting and say, look, here we are. And, and <laughs> we, we all want a quick answer, which is why right. we stayed up until 2 a.m. Exactly. You know, getting, and the, getting Twitter thumb. <laughs> And we're right, and we're and the thing is, we're not talking about a matter of days here. We're talking hours. You know, you really do have to go into that meeting with without with Kevin Durant saying we have Al Horford. And if you don't have that, part of the dream has already kind of gone away. But, it will break Twitter if Horford ag- signs and agrees to go to that meeting yeah. just in advance. Yes. It will break Twitter. And I've got my big barbecue today. You know, my whole neighborhood, I'm, I live in the same neighborhood as my brother-in-law. We get all of the neighborhood together, and we cook ribs. And, and, and again, I, I'm just afraid that the Celtics are ruining my holiday weekend. <laughs> they, they, I mean, I'm fine with it, but yeah. I need Twitter to be broke. I need Al Horford to go to this meeting with Kevin Durant. It will just make all the difference in the world because I'm going to be so distracted. I need it to pay off. I don't want to lose my 4th of July barbecue to Celtics news that doesn't go our way. So I'm, you know, just like everybody else, I'm all in. And we are coming up on, you know, an hour into the show. We've got to talk about Rondo to Chicago just because – I gotta tell you, I like it for Chicago. If they do that, you know, obviously Butler's not going anywhere. It's an interesting replacement for Rose because Rondo likes to pass the rock, and he, uh, ability-wise and playing style-wise, fits very well with Butler. The concern is you could still have two egos just bashing heads if it doesn't work out right. But I think that could be the Jekyll and Hyde chemistry experiment that actually works. I And I, I'm going, I, I'm probably an oddball for saying it, but I think that could be wrong. I mean, 
Sacramento doesn't even want to keep Rondo. Yeah. It sounds like they're just as soon to let him go. You know there were issues. Rondo probably said some things in an interview with ESPN that he shouldn't have said about locker room chemistry and conflict in Sacktown. But well, it wasn't anything that anybody didn't know. Right. It's the worst kept secret in the league. So but the Chicago had the same problem. You would think on the surface, huge mistake for Rondo to go from one situation to another one that is similar, not the same. But I actually think that's an experiment that could work. And Chicago might have positioned themselves a lot better in this offseason if they pull it off than I would have thought. Well, yeah, I- First of all, on the whole Rondo thing, I, mean, I think that the, the move there, there's only so many spots he can go, right? So it's, that's the that's the tough thing for Rajon is like, how many places don't have a point guard, and then how many places are willing to accept a point guard that's not a shooter? And you know, you start now the list is really small. I think that you're right that it that it's a good, a good situation for Rondo. It's it's a team that could be good, or it's also a team that could be bad. And that's not, you know, you look at Dallas two years ago when, when Rondo got traded there, you would have thought that was a good situation. If you believe all that you read about the worst aspects of Chicago, Hoiberg not having a strong handle on that, um, on that uh, um, you know, locker room, that's not great for Rajon Rondo. That could really cause that situation to implode. So it may... <laughs> It may be that Rondo is the best thing we could possibly have go there because it causes the whole Chicago situation to blow up and then Jimmy Butler to be traded. Yeah, and that could be a deadline deal because that'll need some time yep. to play out. Sure. You're right. That's an that's an all in gamble for Chicago, but I think I think it's a worthy gamble because it either gives them the justification to do the full rebuild and they still can get the picks and trade the guys before the off season, you know, at the deadline. But at the same time, it shows that they made a second effort to work with Butler before he moves on and. Everybody will know that it's actually Rondo's fault, but they'll also know that they're locked into Rondo. Rondo's going to get a, at least a three-year deal, I would think. I mean, I know his stock has been low since we traded him to Carlisle and everything that's been going on, but the dude's a talent. I mean, if you look at his numbers, if he took more shots and continued to shoot the same percentage, he would not be far off from Russell Westbrook's numbers. Go look it up. His three-point shooting and field goal percentages are not that off. Now, is he the same? No. He's obviously not the same player. But I'm just saying, statistically, if he took more shots he'd be and he stayed at the same shooting percentages, you'd be talking about a guy that's producing very closely to that level. And he is unselfish, maybe on the at least in his style of play on the court, if not in the locker room. And that's the real question mark, and it will be interesting to see how it plays out. We mentioned Jim O'Brien earlier as I was playing Danny Ainge and doing my pitch to Kevin Durant, but Jim O'Brien joins the Philadelphia 76ers as an assistant coach, and Jimmy O'Brien's style was 3 and D before 3 and D was popular. I think this is a, a real underrated move for Philly. I still think they should have stuck with the hinky plan one more year. I think there's going to be some regrets there that they didn't go into next year's draft under the Hinky plan one more year. I mean, they got this far. Why not just give it one more roll of the dice for the best draft in years? I think they should have done that. But you have to kind of applaud some of their moves. They're definitely heading in the right direction. And I love the Jim O'Brien signing for them, also because he's from Philly. He grew up and went to high school in Philly. 
I'm now in Pennsylvania. I've got a bunch of friends that are 76ers fans. Um, would love to talk to Jess Camaretto at some point now that she's moved from covering the Celtics to the Comcast Sportsnet Philly, and she's covering that team a little bit more about some of these moves. But she's seeing some familiar faces show up in, in, in with, the, with the Sixers organization. But i got to tell you, John, if they could work out this glut in the front court and balance out their roster a little bit, they're going to be on track. They're they're starting to come around, I think. Um, yeah, I, I I think we're going to see what happens with Embiid. I think that's the huge. I think that's one of the, that's the that's big one. The, that's the biggest question, right? Is can Embiid play at all? Can he play sixty games? You know, can you know? I, I don't, I'm not even have questions about Ben Simmons at this point because I think that Ben Simmons will get there. But I I think that. You know, it's not about next year for Ben Simmons as much as it's really, you know, the other guys on the roster. Can, you know, can Okafor come back and show the ability to maybe, you know, space out things? Is Saric going to come over? Uh, you know, which apparently, you know, that's the rumors that he's going he's gonna to make the leap this year. I mean, there's so many different situations there where, you know, they've got to figure those things out. I think that they had such a, a dearth of... Uh, veteran talent and veteran abilities there that they almost had to sign some guys. They had to go out and get some players in free agency. I mean, they really didn't go nuts. I mean, they spent some money, but they didn't really lose their their marbles uh, in a way like uh, a Lakers or um, you know the Knicks did. I mean, they they really took what I would consider to be, you know, reason, I mean, they, they lost Ish Smith, so that's going to certain, certainly open up some space there. Um, you know, it's not as if they're going to be, um, I don't know, I mean, getting a guy like Bayless puts them in a spot where they've got a ball handler, a shooter, a guy that can spread the floor for, for the bigs. Um, I, I like, I kind of like what they've done, but I, they're still I think three years away, but I they think they're are. in the right direction. That's why yeah. I say I think they're going to regret not giving the Hinky plan one more year because I think next year they could have gotten the point guard or the guard of the future. You know, instead of like Chris Dunn was obviously a target they wanted, but I think next year the the draft is loaded with decent point guards. Even if they still only landed a top five pick, they could walk away with a solid point guard to pair up with Simmons and Embiid and Okafor and Noel and whatever winds up happening with those guys, I think they would really have their roster of the future. I mean, Noel's up yeah. for – is he unrestricted or restricted? I can't remember, he's but he's up next year. Restricted. He's restricted, so they'll be able to yeah. keep him. You know, we don't know if Embiid is going to play. The real issue is that Noel and Okafor don't complement each other very well, mm-hmm. and that, that's the number one concern, so it'll be – if Embiid plays, even if they get a solid season, are they still comfortable with that, et cetera? So there's question marks, but I think overall they've really headed in the right direction. I think they should have just given it one more year. But I, I like the moves that they're making. The Colangelos know what they're doing. They've resurrected USA Basketball. You know, They obviously did what they did with the Phoenix Suns. I mean, a lot of positive things happen around that Colangelo family. You have to yep. think Philly's going in the right direction. Let's talk Summer League before we close out, because, I mean, there are guys, we just talked about it, don't be disappointed. Well, be disappointed if Horford and Durant don't come. By all means, be disappointed. But not chicken little the scenario, the sky is falling, because the guys that are playing in in Summer League are why I say let's not even really explore free agency 
beyond the big swings of the bat because these guys got to play. We're going to see Jordan Mickey. Terry Rozier is going to build on what we felt was a pretty strong playoff performance for a rook. James Young gets a chance to redeem himself. Jalen Brown is going to get minutes, and obviously people have... I've seen a lot more Jalen Brown lovers coming out of the woodwork since the draft than I did the night of the draft. But it'll be interesting to see comments leading up from the coach. Um, uh, his name escapes me with the Celtics organization, but who's going to be coaching one of the summer league teams? Oh, yeah, yeah Micah Shrewsbury. Right, Micah Shrewsbury says, Jalen, you know, sometimes the best play is to not make the play, so to speak, Mm -hmm. but pass the ball. Don't put it all on your shoulders the way it was at Cal. If they get that across to Jalen Brown right away, and he really figures that piece out with good coaching, we might see why the Celtics drafted him sooner than later. That comment by Micah Shrewsbury is so poignant because – Jalen Brown did knock on him, was being over-aggressive, always driving right at the rim, etc. And he has the talent to be able to do that. But at the same time, on this Celtics roster, moving the ball around, he's not going to be the alpha dog. That's not. They're going to allow him to develop. They're already trying to take the pressure off of him. If he can figure that out, he could have a really nice positive showing. My concern is, let's not go completely the other direction either. Let's not take his assertiveness away. And I still want to see him jamming the ball on some fools. I mean, I want to see <laughs> up in the air. I want to see that athleticism, uh, you know, uh, uh, out, out on display for everybody to see. I think I think you'll get your wish. I think he's going to have a really good summer league. I mean, maybe that's, you know, a, a, you know an obvious thing, but I, I think he's going to do well. Defense isn't usually such a great – in such great shakes – um, you know, he's shown the ability to get to the rim. I, I think he's going to have a good summer league. I think that the question is how they're going to balance that roster. A lot of small guys. It's going to be a real spread out type situation, which may be good for the team. Um, but I mean, how are you going to fit all the minutes in? I mean, this this <laughs> that team is stacked, and Yabuselli is going to play, which is really interesting. I'd love to see how that's going to work to have him out there. Um, the thought was that he's going to go back to Europe, but Zizic will come, will play, but. They just isn't playing, probably due to, due to the buyout issues involved. But Dabasele is is playing, so I don't know playing in summer league. So I'm not sure how that's all going to go down. But I agree with you. I think that circling back on this whole Jalen Brown thing, I think you're right. I mean, they, establishing, trying to establish those things, and I think it's harder to do in summer league when you are being asked to do more than you normally will in the, in, in the NBA. I think the fact that you try to start those good habits now, you try to start to get him thinking that way and get him realizing he's playing with talent. He's going to be playing with more talented players than he ever has in his life. He's playing against more talented players than he ever has in his life, and even in summer league. So he needs to you know, start to think differently about how he's responding to situations and so forth. And I think he will do that. I think he's a smart guy. I think I'm starting to come around a little bit on him. Uh, I, I'm not saying I'm there yet, but I, I, I think that... Get on that the I, hype train. Get on uh, the hype he's train. He's your guy. He's your guy. I'm not going to to, to you know, crimp your style. But I, I think that he's... Uh, I think he's a really an intriguing talent. I'm not so sure. I'm not sold yet on the on the mentality and the and the mental aspects of where he's at. But I think in terms of physically what he what he represents for the Celtics, I think he's a, he's a good fit for where they're headed. Um, be interested to see how he can put that. I just that down. love him and 
Jalen Brown. And here's the other thing. I don't know if you've watched any video of Josh Jackson, but holy moly. And he actually, in an interview, said that Jalen Brown was the toughest player he ever played against. And that dude is an athletic nightmare. He He's going to be a very interesting player to watch. It would be so incredible if the Celtics are able to keep this pick next year. Just incredible. And that's that's why I'm I'm coming around on the, the full build rebuild through youth uh channel too. There's only a few people that are really touting that. Most people want the fireworks mo- you know and I uh, listen, fireworks are Horford and Kevin Durant. How can you deny that? I'm all in. I'm just saying would be really nice to also see them be able to build through the draft because pieces like Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown, this team is so young and they are going to have players to move. We've talked about Demetrius Jackson as somebody who might wind up getting an increased role if the Celtics package some of these you know, guards, this glut of guards that they have. And that's a player I want to watch in Summer League because seeing how he performs, again, it's Summer League, so you can only take it with a grain of salt. But seeing how, mu- how he performs and how he plays might, you know, it might be something we might see him play minutes this year is my point. And you talk yeah. about Butler and the you know the potential implosion in Chicago and all that. That's such an obvious opportunity for trade at the deadline and then all of a sudden Demetrius Jackson's getting minutes. You just never know. Yeah, no, I I think that's that's I think Ben Dental also stands a chance to be able to play. I mean, we had Cody They seem Clark. really high on him. Well, I think for what they're going to ask if he can play if he can defend Somewhat adequately, he's he he is, stands a real good chance to get some minutes because how many guys do they have in that position? I mean, once there was a situation where uh, you know Jarebka early in the Atlanta series where Jarebka was getting in foul trouble, they have nobody else who could go in that position to plug in that three four spot who can go out there and stretch the floor. Now, even if you say that that Brown is one of those guys and can you know play the three and Crowder, but Crowder was hurt. To add more guys to do that sort of thing, which is where the league is right now, I think that's huge. You know, in terms of their the the team's ability to uh, play a more spread style and a guy who can shoot. I think Benzel can be one of those guys. Again, they got to make a trade to open those situations up for the for the uh, for the kids. I'm not saying they should do that for that purpose, but I think that they're going to they're in an opportunity where they could do that and be able to develop those kids. And that's why, you know, going back to the first thing we talked about, that why the Celtics don't need to, you know, worry about so much about if they strike out on Horford, if they strike out on Durant, that they got to spend some money somehow. I don't think that's the case. I think there's some small deals they could do, but I think that generally – the most important thing they could do is develop from within. So in that case, I I agree with you, certainly. Yeah. All right. Well, it doesn't look like Al Horford is going to be joining us to announce his signing with the Boston Celtics. I'm also getting very skeptical that there's even a chance that he will be able to join the Celtics and sign his deal. Now they're saying sometime this weekend, and that could mean Monday because it's a holiday weekend, so technically – you got to count Monday in the weekend. But happy Independence Day to all of our loyal listeners. And I really appreciate everybody keeping me company on Twitter last night. And I'm sure it will roll <laughs> right in through the entire weekend. Because if Horford says yes, then it's only going to have Twitter blow up even more while we wait in hopes that Durant will say yes. If Horford says no 
then everybody will be talking them in talking themselves into how we might still get Kevin Durant <laughs> to agree to come here and Durant's not making his decision probably for another 7 days is my guess but uh, I'm I'm really excited to see how it plays out. Hopefully, I can still enjoy the barbecue. You know, the wife and kids and I are headed out to the pool right now. We're going to have some sun, uh, fun in the sun, and uh, and and I'm hoping that it, that I go on vacation uh, next Friday, and that's the day that Durant is uh, going to tell us by by all accounts. Right? He says he'll make his decision by the ninth. So the question is, am I going to get yelled at by my wife if I'm checking Twitter while I'm driving down to the Outer Banks, North Carolina? Oof. It's pretty unsafe. <laughs> Probably. It's a, a bad idea. I mean, you know, <laughs> yikes, dude. Uh, yeah, well, hey, you got to do what you got to do, man. She's got to drive. Mean, she'll have to drive. Gotta, yeah, I mean, you got to ask. I mean... Look, hey, maybe it's not like it's not like it's not like you know, it's it's not like I have the directions. You know what I mean? Like, right? You, you can't trust me for directions anyway. So it's Turn best I just stay out of the way. She drives, you know, and I just disappear into my phone. I'm sure everybody will appreciate that. Well, and you, you know, just if, if we want to have a little bit of, uh, you know, we're, we've been talking ever since the draft show, and and bringing back the 2007 angle. It was in 2007. I was on vacation in New Hampshire the whole week, and the day that I come back was the day that the, that the, the KG deal went down. And so we came home. At the moment I came home, I fired up my laptop and we started a show. So I maybe, remember that. Maybe because this is I here for that. I was at my in-laws in the middle of nowhere, lakes, Great Lakes area, Maine, mm-hmm. and I had to stand on the end of the dock out into the water to be able to get cell phone reception as I was talking to Steve Bulpet to line him up for our show that you said you came back for. So I, w- I was talking to Steve, just barely getting one bar of reception, sitting out on the end of a dock, uh, not, not really on vacation, but it was, you know, I think it was a Saturday, and then we recorded yeah. the next day on Sunday. Um, so I think the parallels started with the draft night show and have continued to roll through into free agency. Mm-hmm. And it would be awesome if Horford could make my July 4th holiday weekend and Durant could make my July family vacation. Just set out the tone, set the tone in a real nice way. So everybody stay tuned. If something gets announced, we're going to have another bonus show this week. We're not going to wait all the way till next week. That's why we're broadcasting Saturday. Uh, so we're we're two days early. We're coming up ahead of Celtics beat, which will air tomorrow, and have much more information. I'm certain about the outcome of the Celtics meeting with Kevin Durant tonight. So buckle up, follow us on Twitter. This broadcast is going to be available on demand on the CLNS Radio mobile app as well as on CLNSRadio.com. Don't forget to follow us, like I said, on Twitter. Follow at CSL underscore Tweet Live for all the show announcements. And then at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke for all of our opinions in between shows. Big thanks to everybody who's tuning in. You can help support this show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget... We want your ratings and your reviews because your feedback is important to us. It helps us make the show better. And a reminder 
that this show has been brought to you by Loot Crate and Fan Essentials. They've got a great deal for you listeners, but congratulations to RJ Hunter Fan 28 for winning a free month of Celtics gear from Fan Essentials. All you have to do is retweet our show announcement with hashtag Fan Essentials to enter into next week's drawing for a free month of Celtics gear. Go to LootCrate.com, use promo code CLNS to save $3 on your subscription over there, but to save 30% at Fan Essentials, use promo code CSL2016. Thanks to the entire loyal CLNS radio audience who makes it all worthwhile, and for staff writer Eddie Santiago, program director Larry H. Russell, and the founder of CLNS Radio, Nick Gelso, I'm Justin Poulin. This is my co-host, John Duke. We're killing it on tweener, Twitter, so thanks tweener for listening. Tweeter, dear. <laughs> I almost made it. I said prognostications. That's the fifth time now, but I'm barely making it on the closing read. It's just get your Twitter thumb ready, folks. This weekend is only going to amp up even more. Thanks for listening to this special Saturday edition of Celtic Stuff Live, and stay tuned for a bonus show coming up early next week. Celtic stuff live.